Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Steve Kerr, sponsored by Xfinity. The Xfinity 10G network is made for streaming live sports, which means it's the network you can rely on in the biggest moments. The Xfinity 10G network, the best way to stream live sports, and presented by Great Clips. In sports, success is about team effort, and the same is true for your hair. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Uh, Steve Kerr, head coach of the Warriors with us. Uh, Good afternoon, sir. Glad you're here and uh, we got all kinds of stuff we want to ask you about, but the first thing we want to do is check in on you and the rest of the staff and all of those in your travels over the last 48 hours. How, 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 did, how did everything go? Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, it was wonderful to be uh, in Belgrade with the family and, and, uh, and the and friends of Decky and, you know, to be there for the service. Uh, it was just everything was beautiful, obviously very, very sad as well. But, um, you know, we just felt it was so important for us to, to be there uh, with them. Decky meant so much to us and, and did so much for us that, uh, you know, we needed to, to, to represent our, our franchise and, and, um, and be there for them during the service. So um, flew back today and, uh, you know, it's good to be back home. But, um, yeah, very emotional, but, but well worth the trip we needed to be there. Can you share some additional details about the Serbian people and what it was like to see not only the tributes that they paid, but the reception you guys received just by, you know, making the effort to go halfway around the world? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's such a, a huge basketball country. I, I think uh, it, it, everybody pretty much plays basketball growing up there, and that, that's what what uh, you know. My my friends who were there, I, there were so many former NBA players, you know, from the region who were at the service, and I talked to a lot of them, and they all kind of said the same thing that basketball is such a big part of the culture, and so there's a huge uh, respect for the NBA and, and, um, you know, people stay up and watch games over there. And so they all shared with me, uh, how much it meant to them to see, you know, the tribute that we gave to Decky a couple of weeks ago before the Atlanta game. And then also that it meant a lot for us to, to be there, um, you know, for them. So it was, uh, nice to hear that. Nice to know that we could make an impact, um, and, and, you know, help, help people at least feel, feel, uh, you know, loved and, and really respected on a very difficult day. Coach, I, I can only imagine what you guys have gone through. Simultaneously, since uh, this event, you guys have played inspired basketball. You're 8-3, you're and three, and if you look at the, 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 the three losses, you're like a couple buckets away from being 11-0 and 0 since, uh, since this all happened. What... What 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 went on with the team that that you think kind of got things going in a different direction? Well, I think number one, we we've had a really good connection all season long. So you know, th- th- this is um, this obviously been a, a tumultuous season in a lot of ways, but uh, in no way is that connected to. Uh, the emotional well-being of the group. The group is is great. They love each other. They they you know really pull for each other, and they've been that way all year. But I I think it's 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 just kind of the fact that Draymond got healthy. J.K. has made a breakthrough. Um, 
you know, the combination of those things, you know, changing the starting lineup, uh, playing a little faster, getting Gary Payton back, you know, all of that stuff has contributed to us, you know, finally finding a, a rhythm and, and uh, you know, playing like the team that we knew we could be. And having number 30 probably doesn't hurt, Coach. Uh, you know, <laughs> another spectacular game-winning moment. Did that game against Phoenix, did, did that feel kind of like a, a playoff game, like a game seven, a game that should be maybe held in May? We've had a lot of games like that. You know, the Laker game a week before, the one we lost in double overtime, felt just like that. And, and I do think there's some value in playing these exciting tough games that go down to the stretch. I know we've played more clutch games than any team in the league. So, you know, just the nature of our games, the way our our guys play, the excitement that Steph brings to the floor, the energy that Draymond brings, all of our games feel high level and, you know, playoff atmosphere like. So it's good for us. I think it's helping us become a better team. Steve Kerr with us on Willard and Dibbs, 95-7 the game, as he is every single week. Coach, I, I think we all understood the sentiment, but it's still a funny statement to hear that Draymond made, which is that I think the suspension ended up being good for the team as a whole. Do you agree? Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I just know Draymond's going to say, you know, lots of stuff, and he's going to throw anything out there, and if he says so, I'll, I'll believe it. So, um, you know, whatever whatever it takes. <laughs> well, having him back appears to be good for the defense. Is it just as simple as getting Draymond back, which has led your team to suddenly hold almost everybody under 110? I just, I think what's also happened, you know, simultaneously is that Wiggins is playing much better and, uh, and JK has had a breakthrough, you know, during that same span. I mean, over the last 10 or 15 games, you know, obviously Kaminga's scoring, but it goes beyond that. It's his defense has been better. He's just recognizing things, um, more quickly. Uh, so his rotations are faster. Um, I think. Combined with you know changing the starting lineup, playing Draymond at the five, and then those two guys playing well, now getting Gary back, we just we just look quicker, we look bouncier, more athletic, and I know over the last ten games, I I believe our defense is is third in the in the entire league, and our offense is number one. So, you know, it's a, it's not a huge sample size, but for this stretch anyway, we we have clearly. Um, turned a corner and and uh, we're playing two-way basketball and that's what it takes coach uh, we've talked so much about clay thompson's demeanor his thoughts on dealing with getting older and the injuries that he's dealt with and whatnot so i i really thought it resonated wonderfully with fans when he recently uh he talked to logan murdoch with the ringer and, and he sort of indicated that he would be very open to his role being diminished a little bit if that meant that he could stay with with the Warriors going forward. What what does that mean to you? It means that I think Clay is starting to um, reconcile uh, everything that's happened, you know, between the injuries, um, you know, the just the way the last couple of years have gone. I think, you know, really he's had a hard time these last couple of years trying to do that, and I think it's starting to happen. You know, um, part of being effective uh, later in your career when, when you've slowed down a little bit or you've had some injuries like Clay has, part of that is embracing and accepting those changes. And if you fight them like Clay does sometimes, um, then it's just going to lead to frustration. Uh, but you can understand it. You know, he's he's played at such a high level for so long. And, uh, you know, imagine being able to do what, what Clay has done over the years and then suddenly you can't do it as often. I mean, there's huge frustration that comes with that. But I just think he's, he's starting to understand things a little better, um, as I said, kind of reconcile them and, and be okay with things. And you saw the way he played last night. You know, he's been much – I think he's been much more patient, more solid. You know, the last week or so, and and that'll that'll pay off for him. Part of the reconciliation, I think, has been what you mentioned about Andrew Wiggins and him playing better. Is it easier for Andrew to now to have maybe an exhale moment now that the trade deadline's behind him and all the speculation? Is it easier for him to just go out and be Andrew again? I think so. You know, he he definitely wanted to stay. 
Um, you know, I talked to him the night of the trade deadline after the game, and he was very relieved, and, and, and I was relieved, too. I, I love Wiggs, and I really wanted him here. I know what he can do. Um, I know what he means to the team. The whole team loves him. He's just such a, a, a great teammate, great human being. And I've seen this uh, coming over the last month. Um, he, he just looks bouncier. He looks more active. Uh, and I, frankly, we've, I think we've put him in some better positions to attack as well with just with the new lineup that we're playing and some of the things we're doing. So, um, he's, he's really doing a great job of just, you know, kind of getting his season turned around and, and getting ours, uh, turned around as well. Coach, this was breaking news to us. I don't know if it is to you, but uh, let us run it by you, and you you tell us. Uh, the Clippers have announced that Kawhi Leonard has a left adductor strain and will not play tomorrow night. Your thoughts? I hate when guys don't play, um, especially star players. We've lost so many games the last couple of years when star players have sat out. There's just kind of a natural letdown. And then you always end up getting guys who are coming off the bench who can't wait to be out there uh, playing, and they bring their best effort. And so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that Kawhi is okay long term, and and I'm hoping that we can bring our best stuff tomorrow despite his absence. I, I thought when you started that answer, I thought you were kidding. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm. De- it's the worst. It's the worst feeling in the NBA when you you play against a team that sits guys. It's crazy how the, the just the, the the weird feeling. Sorry about my dog. Hey, cut it out. <laughs> uh, but it is a weird. It's a weird vibe, and I I prefer when guys guys are healthy and we can we can just go and play. I don't know if we've met your dog yet, Steve. T- tell us about uh, t- your dog who just made an appearance on ninety five seven. That's again. Lulu. That's yeah. Lulu is a, uh, a white retriever. Uh, basically golden retriever um but with white fur she's uh, three she's you know now that uh my wife and i are empty nesters she's basically the uh you know the center of our lives it sounds we're like dogs. she's a stretch four got some size to her in that bark <laughs> more of a backup point guard okay okay <laughs> nice. brings a lot of energy yeah always <laughs> looking for like one it. of those yeah it does she yeah. just you, that was a very chill like sort of hey stop it and she just stopped like you don't have to raise your voice or anything uh no she's terribly behaved <laughs> <laughs> it's good coaching. I just, I just, I just don't really care that much. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, there you have it. Okay. Well, uh, since you care so much about Kawhi being out uh, now, apparently, according to you, this means it's much less likely that you will get your 500th regular season coaching win tomorrow night. So, uh, what, 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 what a bummer. But, but in case something crazy happens and you win tomorrow night, what does that mean to you? Well, it's uh, it, it means I've been here a long time. Ten years is uh, that's a long time for a coach to be in one place. So it means I'm very, very lucky to coach uh, a group of guys who've been together for so long in an amazing organization. Uh, the stability that we have, the continuity, has been uh, a big part of the the success of the team. So it's um, crazy that it's been ten years. Man, that has flown. Yeah, I mean, time flies, absolutely, and kind of cool that you get the Kenny wins and you got the Luke wins back uh, when he started the year when you had the uh, the back issues. So those those do go under under the Kerr category. It's got to feel like the All Star breaks coming at a bad time. It's it's weird to say that because normally you can't wait to get away, but you guys are rolling right now, Steve. We are, but I, I think the the. the the break will be welcomed by everybody. We've had so many games. We have the Thursday game in Salt Lake, the makeup game there. Um, our schedule has just been loaded. And um, obviously, the whole team has been through an awful lot um, emotionally um, with with uh, Decky's death. And so this, uh, I'm not worried that it's going to disrupt our our rhythm and our momentum. I'm, I'm really happy for the group that they get to get away for a few days and then hopefully recharge and come back ready next week coach we can all see how well draymond is playing basketball but i would love your perspective on the emotional side of all this in particular because yusef nurkic the other night continued to call him out and even uttered the phrase he's learned nothing you know it was one of those games where he he was riding the line 
and, and that may make some people uncomfortable, but he's always going to be that. So, so what's your perspective on how he's handled just that that emotional side of it all? He's been perfect. He has been perfect. You know, we we asked him when he came back to walk the line. We said, we, we, "You can't be passive. You can't be somebody you're not. You have to bring the energy. You have to bring the edge." I told him. I said, "I want you." Uh, you know, arguing with the refs. I just don't want you to cross the line and and uh, do anything that that you know would harm you or harm the team or harm an opponent. And um, and I told I told Draymond, you know, whenever it was a few weeks ago when he came back, that there's no reason he can't do that because he did that for his entire career um, until you know, until this past year. So. I think he's he's in a great spot. He's he's playing so hard. He's he's bringing the energy. He's bringing the competitiveness. He's not crossing the line. He's he's playing like the guy who has helped us win four championships. Is there any concern about the long term effect of using him so much at the five? Not really. Not really. I, I just I, I think the way the league is now, um, you know, there's there's only a couple of guys who you worry about. I mean, if he had to, if Draymond had to guard Joel Embiid every night, you know, if this were the nineties and he was guarding Ewing and Olajuwon and David Robinson, yes, that would be a problem, but it's a small ball league now. And uh, even the big guys are out shooting threes and Draymond fits beautifully into this, uh, this era, this NBA era. So I'm not worried about that at all. Coach, you had been uh, the the head coach of the Warriors for like four minutes, and they and you're already winning titles. So th- this never happened to you, but it's happening to one of your counterparts right now with the 49ers. What, what's your reaction when you hear people say a coach quote can't win the big one? Well, I think they said that about Andy Reid. Um, you know, for, for up, up until he got Patrick Mahomes, you know. Um, Coaching is, uh, to me, it's it's all about um, doing the best you can to to put your team in a position to succeed. Um, Kyle has done that and more uh, his entire run here. This team has been so good. I feel so bad for them because um, you know they're just they're so close. But um, you know it's it, this is the this is the gig and i you know i i've felt it even though we've we've won some championships you know when things go wrong as the coach you're going to take a lot of heat and um that's it's part of it but Kyle's a brilliant coach uh the whole organization so amazing um but right now they got a they got a Patrick Mahomes problem you know that seems like like the you know what what the whole league has has right now is they're running into a one of the one of the great quarterbacks of all time. So um, I feel for the Niners, but man, they're 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 crushing it year after year. They're putting together such great teams. They're so well coached, and I just, I, I feel for those guys. I want them to get over the hump. Yeah, I mean, knocking on the door, we're all heartbroken over here, having suffered through that a couple days ago. So you got the All Star break coming up, and Steph versus Sabrina. Break it down for us, Steve. How much pressure is on Steph Curry in this one-on-one three-point shootout? <laughs> yeah, I haven't even given it any thought. But uh, knowing Steph, he won't feel a whole lot of pressure. Honestly, he just you know he just loves competing. He loves shooting. Uh, I don't think he's too uh, too worried about the pressure. I think he's going to just go out there and have fun. He has so much respect for. Sabrina and for for women's basketball, I think he re- recognizes that this is a big step um, in, in the evolution of the women's game and an important step. And I think he's really proud of taking part in it. Steve, you mentioned the uh, the emotional roller coaster you've all been on. Uh, what, what about you and and the All Star break? What what are, what are you going to do to dial out? I'm going to go down to San Diego. You know, that's uh, where our off-season home is, and and uh, all, all three kids and their significant others, and my granddaughter. They'll all be there, so we'll have a little family reunion for about four days and hang out. And I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be be great to get away. Well, uh, yep, you, you've certainly earned it, and uh, and everybody's excited. It's well time too with football coming to an end, the uh, the winning streak that you're on, and uh, we'll see if you can endure no Kawhi tomorrow night, Coach. All right. All right. Thanks, guys.
Good to have Good you. To have yep, night, yep. Uh, right. As always, Steve Kerr, Golden State Warriors head coach, right here on 95.7 The Game. And you thought he was kidding. He he was actually serious. I thought he was getting ready for a sarcastic I answer. I thought so, too. But I he's... hate it when the best player on the other team is out. Oh, I just hate it. And but then he, he just kept going. It. And he's like, I do. No, I hate it. Yeah. That was a surprising answer. It's entertainment value, and I get it. Now, if it was Game 7 of the Western Conference semis, yeah. maybe the answer is a little bit different. But Well, but he's a coach, and he's thinking about how do you coach your players, human beings, out of the idea of relaxing yeah. when the other top player is out. And I would imagine that's a hard thing to do. And it's not like the Clippers aren't still capable. Right. I mean, they've still got plenty. And his other comment was, yeah, and then somebody comes in off the bench who's just got like steam coming out of their ears because they're so excited to be playing. So they play great. You know, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it does. And I'll refer you to the Memphis game on January 15th. I was trying to think when he gave that answer which game it was. And Memphis had Vince Williams Jr. and all, a bunch of guys that you've never heard of. And the Warriors played, a, you know, no jaw. And obviously no Dylan Brooks and none of their players and the Warriors went out and they they lost. Yep. They lost to Memphis. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I, it's different sometimes too. I think uh GG Jackson was the guy. That's right. We all thought it was Jaron Jackson. I'm like, who? GG Jackson yeah. had twenty three. You know, if you've got a team like the Clippers and there's no Kawhi, but you're like, look at what they're still throwing at yep. you, that's still a capable team. If you uh if you're playing the Chiefs, and there's no Patrick Mahomes, that's different. Right. That's different. Like, Clipper, yeah, Clippers will still play you tomorrow night. They'll still play you tomorrow night, absolutely, for sure. Um, and that game right here at Chase Center. And, um, boy, Kiss Cam ought to be fun tomorrow night on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Better, better really make out with your person. People getting after it. <laughs> And, uh, I want people falling out of chairs when they do seriously, those kisses. Seriously, it's uh, get on the ground. <laughs> two more it's games. Valentine's Day. First half of a back to back, and Steve's right. Their schedule has been bananas, and the makeup game obviously coming on Thursday. Yeah, back to Utah. Utah home, back to Utah. And you know what? You go into the break, even if you split these next two, you go in above five hundred. You're the ten seed. You feel like you've got a definite foothold oh. on the play in. And you know the sixth seed is still it's still pretty far away. You're four games back, and you'd have to climb over four teams. It's but not crazy though. It's, it's th- not it's crazy. Three but in the loss column, like uh, put it this way, it, it, it amazed me with with one five game win streak. Which let's be honest, it did not feel like the Warriors were capable of that. Right. Uh, but with one five game win streak, to now suddenly be like, oh yeah, they're not going to finish behind. They're three games ahead of Utah in the loss column. And uh, and so now the optimism of at least making the play-in tournament is, uh, is is very high. When a week and a half ago you're kind of looking at it like, dude, how are they going to get into this thing? Right. And now you're almost looking at the top six like, well, that's not out of the question. It's not out of the question. By the way, if this was the just for fun, the play-in tournament as it is now, oh my god. The networks would love this. It's adorable. The Lakers, Warriors, Kings, and Mavs. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> oh my God! Warriors at uh, the Crypt. Yeah, I almost said Staples, but it's been a couple years now. I got to get over it. And then uh, Dallas at Sac, and you would play if you beat the Lakers. You'd play the loser of Dallas and Sac on the road. Right. That'd be fun. Oof. Can you imagine the Adorables Oof. and the Warriors for for the eight seed? I can. Yeah. Very very well. I think I know who'd win too. Last time the Warriors won five in a row. They proceeded to lose eight of eleven, so let's well, try to avoid that. that. I'm Good just trying Lord. to keep it real. You know me, Mark. Yeah, I keeps it real. Keep it real. They won five in a row, including beating Portland. Then they go to Denver on Christmas, lose, and then that homestand from hell is what uh, what really derailed them. Losing to Miami, I was there. Dallas, they lost to Denver, Toronto, New Orleans. That was a dreadful run. And they've had to dig out of that, and they have. Yeah, and it's an interesting little schedule when they get out of the break uh, with a with a three game homestand that includes the Lakers and the Nuggets, but also Charlotte. And then you hit the road to go see Jordan Poole, 
but then the Knicks, but then the Raptors, but then the Celtics. Right. Like, it's a lot of, like, one-two punch. Um, few games in there that you absolutely feel like you should win. See if you can steal one or two of the others. Some tough teams in there. Yeah. Um, but uh, And then they come home for Milwaukee. But then Chicago, San Antonio. Like, you look at it now, the way they're playing – I don't know, man. Like again, forget like what happens when you get to the playoffs. The operation has just been like, dude, you got to get in to this thing. Right. It's a pretty optimistic moment right now. Yeah, it's very optimistic. Yeah. They've won five in a row, and they're back at least in the conversation of all right, all right, Warriors, play in. You feel like you're going to be a play in team if you continue on this trajectory, and maybe, just maybe, as you said. You might be able to climb up to the six. Possible. Well, you look at it now, and Phoenix is at a 585 clip. So that is about a, that's just under a 50 win. It's about a 50 win season. I think 50 out of 82 is about 585. So can the Warriors get to 50 wins? They've got 31 left. That would mean you go 24 and seven. That's aggressive. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot, but you're also you're you're assuming that the Suns will continue to play at that clip, which thirty one and twenty two, eh, that's not a guarantee either, right? That's, yeah, forty eight you know. wins is the the pace they're on. Okay. So can the Warriors get to forty eight? That would be they would need twenty two more wins. Yes, that so would be twenty two and nine. Yeah, but not crazy. It's not crazy, but that's aggressive. But it's aggressive. It's aggressive. It's, you no, know, it's really good basketball. But you know the way they're playing right now, they'd have to sustain it. For sure. All right. Uh, Steve Kerr was great. If you're just joining us, 888-957-9570. We'll go back to the phones and kind of reset the table with a couple of comments from Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Give you some of the ones that stood out from their press conference today. Uh, Shanahan asked if he cares about this whole, you can't win the big one there, Kyle. I mean, you'd love to fix perception because I would love to win one for what I know about football and stuff. And I know if I fix perception, that means I did everything I wanted to do which isn't fixed perception. It's win a damn Super Bowl. Um, but I also know, like, when you say big games, like, we've got to win a bunch of big games to get to Super Bowls. We've won a lot of big games here. Uh, we've won a lot of big games to get into playoffs. Um, the fact that we keep getting there shows you guys how many, how much we've been game, win games or big games, and I think you guys are aware of that. Um, but it's, you know, these two Super Bowls have been tough, losing to Kansas City. But to think that if... If we win that, that means I can win a big game. No, that means our team won the Super Bowl. That's what that's what I understand. You guys can have any narrative you want, but like the success or the failure, uh, it comes down to one game. And I hope that I can be a part of a team that wins a game at the end of the year. But to say that the Niners can't win a big game would be an extremely inaccurate statement. Um, Kyle's right, and I feel for him because what he's fighting right there is a losing battle but I wish it was a winning battle. Here's what I mean by that. He's 100% right. The whole way the sports world turns right now, and we're part of this, no doubt, but the media, the fans, the whole process of watching sports, it's just more interesting when we highlight individuals. Remember having that conversation with Steiny a few weeks ago? We were all talking about it, and uh, he was in the whole, he did a whole show, but, you know, team, It's not about individuals. It's about team. And I'm like, you remember David Stern. David Stern was the one who started marketing it as individuals, right? This is Magic versus Bird. Right. And Giannis against Steph. There you go. All that. LeBron versus Kobe on Christmas. Whatever it is. And that's more interesting to us than what is the actual reality, which is this has never been about can Kyle win the big game. Can Kyle win the big game? Kyle's process doesn't work. He turtles up. He never learns. He doesn't know how to hold a lead. All of these things that you, many of you, are running around saying in the streets right now, to me, are totally blown up by the idea of somebody named Spencer went the wrong way. That's what killed a play. Someone named Spencer was told by Kyle to go one way, or actually told by the center. If you really want to know the way Kyle Shanahan's process works, the center is the one who's in charge of setting the assignments for the offensive line. Did you see that he spoke on that today? Spencer did. Yes. Yes, and he took responsibility. He said, he said he I should have just instinct. played within the scheme. Yeah. Played on instinct. It was my fault. Listen to that. He's like, like he's essentially telling you, I should have done what Kyle told me to do, but I didn't. Or what the center? You're right. The yeah. center makes the calls, and you know, 
were shifting to the right, and he played on instinct and went to the left, and he left Chris Jones unblocked, which is not not advisable no, but, in these circumstances. But 20% of radio shows are going, should we fire Kyle Shanahan? Because someone named Spencer went the wrong way, and someone named Daryl was in the wrong spot on a punt. Well, it's what mean, Kyle said in his answer right exactly. there. The word he used is the word that fuels what we do. It fuels the internet. It fuels a lot of what drives all these sports, and the word is narrative. And we all have our narrative, and the narrative, like the takeaway, you know, we all want to talk about Kwaski Tart and a dropped interception and an overthrow to Emmanuel Sanders. These are one play. But as you get further from these games, we will distill the Super Bowl down to one sentence, yep. one idea, one narrative. Think about the Bills. If I ask you about the Bills' first Super Bowl loss, you're going to say Scott Norwood. Wide right. Yep. Well, look at the totality of that game. Was he the reason why they lost the game? No. If he makes the kick, they win. Yeah. Same thing with Jake Moody against Cleveland. The real narrative is P.J. Walker yeah. carved you up. Went down the field on you. Right. So yeah. all these games, we get into these convenient narratives. And that's what Kyle, and I liked Kyle's answer because he's like, too. you know, the narrative is we can't win the big one, but, you know, like you said, Beating Green Bay in the divisional, that's a big one. Winning the conference championship game, that's a big one. Now, the Super Bowl is the biggest of the big ones. Does that mean Kyle's a choker? No. Because some guy named Spencer went the wrong way? Well, and we like to, we like to enter. Narratives. Yeah, we like to enter machismo into this as well. Like, it's never Canis cool. Mas Macho. Well, it's never cool to compliment someone who didn't win in the end. Mm. And I've never looked at life that way. There's one winner. And 31 losers. No, no, stop calling. Stop call- So the Niners or the Panthers, same thing? Get out of here. That's BS. We get the same amount of Lombardis this year. Yeah, fair. <laughs> you got it. Like, like, and I want to do this respectfully, but I right. want to address a comment that just came in on YouTube. Matt Brendlin, thank you for being here. It means the world that you watch our show. It really does. It's an honor. He says, Willard, I know you got a big old crush on Shanahan, and you're right. I call myself Shanna Man when I'm at home. But <laughs> he goes on. There's a middle ground between fire Kyle now and, quote, he's untouchable, he can do no wrong. What's the definition of insanity? Well, the definition of insanity, Matt, would be obviously doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. However, I think it's a terrible example or comp to use here. We're nowhere near there yet. 49ers have been good for five years, and I would argue that it's not insane to want to be in the Final Four every year because you are going to break through. Steve Kerr was on this radio show 20 minutes ago, Matt, and just said to you something that you should listen to. What you're all calling him right now, you called Andy Reid 20 years ago. Now none of you can get off Andy's jock. Why, Andy's Bill Walsh. No, he got Mahomes. He got Mahomes. Why did Steve Kerr win a title the second he arrived? You think it was Steve? Did he come in and tweak a thing or two? Sure. Is he winning it without Steph? Like, this whole idea, and I'm not trying to call him he's untouchable, he can do no wrong. My point today is those of you who are putting this all on Kyle, you're just failing to take the time to look deep into what actually happened here. And... There is also success in getting there every year. That's not easy. And if you want to ignore that and think, oh, that's loser talk, then do it. You can do that. I don't do that. I don't think winning games and divisions and playoff games and moving through the playoffs and coming just short sometimes, coming a little bit less short other times, I don't think that's loser stuff. It's a 44-year-old guy who hasn't broken through yet. If you want to move on from that, knock yourself out. I'm going to call you insane, not me. Well, they're not moving off him. So that's and you know, there is a middle ground between fire Kyle right now and he can do no wrong. And I don't think that you're saying that he can do no wrong, no. but to me, you look at the reality of the situation, 
which is you've gotten your team to the final four teams remaining for the last five years. You went to overtime in the Super Bowl. Your team didn't win it. He's got a long-term deal. You have a quarterback on a rookie deal, and you have a lot of your core players coming back. So you look at all those things together, and you realize you're still in pretty good shape. This is not a flash-in-the-pan situation. This is not you getting lucky and getting to one Super Bowl. This is not Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers going 15-1 and against the last-place schedule and getting lightning in a bottle and never being heard from again. This has been built. This is uh, sustainable, and here you are again at the end of it. And if you figure, if you keep on knocking on the door, you're more likely to be Andy Reid than you are Marv Levy. Yeah, of course. And I am of the opinion, and you can hate me for it, but if the ball doesn't bounce off of a special teamer's foot, the 49ers probably win the game. And many of you have decided that that means Kyle's game plan doesn't work. I think that's ridiculous. But there were many, many more mistakes than just that one. Of course, but I'm giving you an example of something that's got nothing to do with Kyle Shanahan. Well, literally, I think it's got... I mean, it's attention to detail. Nothing to do with his game plan. Nothing right. to do with his approach. Nothing it has to do, to do with his coaching, though. But his play calling. I mean, right. and, and, and by the way, that's a... Boy, it's an interesting comment. Yeah, coach a guy to fall on a football that's loose on the ground. Or, or coach a guy when he's yelled at to clear, which he didn't do. Right. I mean, they were coached to do that. He didn't do it. I mean, it's just right. And your return man, you know, should be coached to not try to bend over and pick up a football. You should dive on. And your superstar linebacker should know that when he intercepts a game-ending pass, he should probably fall down. But he didn't. Got away with it. And we all laughed at it. Yeah. So you know, there's a lot of the things you can look at, and ultimately, it all comes back to the head coach. Everything. But you can't control all these crazy people. They're football players. Of course. Just like the parenting analogy we made earlier. Like I love it. Tell your kids what to do. Then they'll do it, right? Good luck. Every time. I mean, what on earth? My kids never cross me. (laughs) (sighs) The little one's already... She learned Uh, how to say no about a month ago. I got such an argument waiting for me when I get home today. Can we just do the show till 9? Seriously. Oh. No. 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 Miley, you want milk? No. No. I want milk. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a minute, my mind. Oh, I just asked you if you wanted milk, and you said no. No. Yeah, it's like, man, it's like raising Grandy. No home. is fun to say. Really fun. It is. She hits me with the no it all is. the time. No. Like, like literally, no. if you are a yes man, that's like a, ba- that's a bad connotation. What if you're a no man? She's a no lady. <laughs> She's a no girl. No. <laughs> She hits me with so many no's. Uh, Yaz in San Jose. Hey, Yaz, what's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? Love the show. Thanks, man. Uh, I, I just want to bring up. I want to bring up one thing, man. Uh, people are not are talking about going second overtime is a better decision. I don't know if I agree. I mean, in this case, maybe you don't want to give him a home. You know, you don't want to. Uh, he knows what he has to do. He's going to go for a fourth down. To me, let's play let's play through some scenarios, right? You kick the field goal, which they did. Mahomes needs to score a touchdown anyway. You score the touchdown, right, in the second scenario. He still needs a touchdown and probably goes for two. The third scenario, which people aren't really about, is what if both teams went three and out, right? And then you get the ball back, you just need a field goal to win. Yeah. I know that's not the way the game was going, but I, I just – I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not convinced that going second is the better position. And then the second thing I want to say is I called about a year ago after the Eagles lost, and I defended Shanahan, and I said Ford is 60% luck when it comes to two evenly matched teams, and I stand by that. And you just said it, Mark. When the ball hits a special teamer's foot, he's not even looking like how? I, I, I don't know. It's just it's unlucky, and, and until Shanahan gets that monkey off his back, he'll always be criticized for these losses that I don't believe are his fault. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yes, thanks, man. You're absolutely thanks, right. Yes. And that's the way it works, and Kyle gets paid for that, and so he'll survive. It's all fine and good. The overtime thing's interesting. You know where I've arrived? I think both teams can be right based on their personnel and their plan. It's a little bit of a poker match. If you had known that the Chiefs, let's say Niners get ball, touchdown, Chiefs go down, get touchdown, Chiefs are going to go for two. Patrick Mahomes has now said that publicly. 
if you knew that, then you'd be like, well, now the third possession doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Right. So maybe we would go second. However, I agree with what Ross Tucker said uh, earlier on Steiny and Goo, and you and I talked about it yesterday, which is that I'm not taking the ball second unless I am going for two. So the Chiefs have said we would go second because we would go for two. Well, I don't know if the Niners would do that. And with their personnel, I don't know that I don't agree with that. So therefore, if you're going to be the second team with the ball, but not commit to going for two, which brings a third possession higher into play, then going first, in my opinion, is right. So in this case, maybe both Kyle and Andy were both right. Well, it depends also on the circumstances. And this is where, and John Lynch spoke to this earlier today when he talked about the fact that their team, their defense is coming off an 11-play drive and you didn't want to throw them immediately right back out there and have them play defense again. So I do think that there are some circumstantial elements to this in terms of not just looking at the analytics. That being said, in my mind, playing for a third possession is a loser mentality. You're just basically... You're expecting something to happen that may or may not happen. You're waiting for a third well, but possession. That's, but that's everything. But you're, that's you're, a loser mentality, in I my opinion. Uh, to yeah, me, the winning mentality agree. is get the ball second, control your own destiny, and no matter what they do, Kansas City, no matter what you do, Mahomes, we're going to have a chance to match or beat you, and we're going to know what we need to do. I, I agree with There's you. Power in I, that. I, I'm with you if you're going for two. But if you're not, I, I, I don't I just don't see how it helps you. Right. Well if you get it second, then you're definitely going for two. And But I don't know that that's how every team feels. The Chiefs have said that. I don't know that every team would do that. Right. And I would imagine Like I would do it too if I had Mahomes. That's why it's I funny would do to it me. if I had Kyle Shanahan's laminated play sheet. Maybe you pick your best two and a half yard play yeah. that you've ever dreamt of. And you win the damn Super Bowl. What could go wrong? Monkey off back. Yeah. Narrative ended. Or or uh, the ball bounces off of someone's shoulder pad and Joker. you're the worst coach <laughs> ever. He already is the worst ever. Um, if you haven't already, make Fire sure you're Kyle right now. subscribe to Willard That's and fresh Dibs. Kyle. I like that. <laughs> that was like if Peter King and Dibs had a baby. Like It was like Dibs, but like with a frog in his throat. Um, <laughs> free Odyssey app for Willard and Dibs podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcast. While you're there, you can check out. Baldy was great with the morning roast earlier today and, uh, and much, much more. Speaking of much, much more. More of your calls next on Willard and Tips. Ha <laughs> you're funny. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. about my dog. Hey, cut it out. Hey, Dub Nation, it's Steve Kerr. And you're listening to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. That's Lulu. That was Lulu. Not the lemon. No. No. The dog. <laughs> Not the lemon. A little I'm good. sorry about my dog. Hey, cut it out. And that's Honestly, it. Like I, and she stopped. She right, cut it out. Right. And then he went on to say, he's like, I don't, I don't care. So I don't know if she's actually well-behaved. He said that she is. But maybe he also just locked her out. You know what I mean? That was the calmest dog command I've ever heard in my life. Sorry about my dog. Hey, cut it out. Hey, cut it out. That's not how you talk. Like, you got to be like, hey, shit. (laughs) Wait. Wait. Totally. Hey. But he's just like, hey, cut it out. 
Totally. Dog's like, Bloop. Yeah, coach. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about my dog. Hey, cut it out. Coming up on uh, career win number that's, 500, that's what you do when you're one of the all-time great coaches. what happens when you've coached Draymond before. Totally. You're like, if I can handle Draymond, I can handle you, dog. He's a player's coach and a, a dog's parent. There it is. Yep. There it is. There you have it. Hey, <laughs> cut it out. Okay. Boom. Silence. Like, I'm not, Done. not messing with you, coach. You've almost got 500 wins, so yeah. I hear. Empty nester, so now he, he goes the dog route. And that's yeah. always interesting. And I'm not going to judge a guy because I was on the verge of being in an empty nester and had another baby. So, you know. <laughs> Went out and built a new nest. <laughs> exactly. Second <laughs> nest. We're going to go re-nest it. But I wonder what the empty nester, what you do. You know, you have a couple of choices. You can either go empty nest or you get a dog. And if you get a dog, like yeah. he's, he's going to San Diego we're, for four days, are you going to bring the dog? Or are you going to are you going to go to the kennel? Going to board it? We're we're trending toward like we got. I, I try to time it so that we got the dog for the kids. Gotcha. And when the kids are done, oh boy, the dog's going to be old. Yeah. And then that's it. I'm just going to be like sitting there like Bochi. Mm, you want beer? Like uh, that's it. So Penny's now two, three. right? She oh, just turned three okay. last month. And Jude is 10. Right. Jude's got another... Uh, so he's got another 8. Yeah. And then Penny will be 11. Getting there. Man. Penny, uh, Penny closed the door. <laughs> I don't know how to break this to you, Penny, but... Uh, Penny's doing good, though. She lost some weight. I just, okay. Yeah, I took her in. She got a little vaccine. You know what it was. It's it was a vaccination, vaccination sensation. <laughs> <laughs> went, in, went in yesterday. You know, they put her on the scale, and they had asked me last time I were in there, she's not fat, but her way, like, they're just like... She's fat. She's not fat at all, but they're like, you know... It's just a tiny drop. Just like there's a little there's a little extra padding there under her belly, so just just feed her less. And she lost five pounds. Okay. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. I felt good about myself. Good. Yeah. Because she gets a lot of dog park. I know she's getting a lot of exercise. Yeah, she gets a lot of exercise. Yeah. She's also thrown up on my carpet twice in the last week. That'll help the weight loss. That's the way I did it. Am I right? (laughs) It's not funny. Eating disorders are real. Whatever. Wow. I could lose five pounds. Leave me a jokes, man. Penny's over here. is like, I heard the doctor say I need to lose weight. Dude. Penny's going to come in one day, and you're going to be showing old Yeller on TV. She'll be like, Don't be disrespectful. I'm a, I'll, I'll be a mess. I'll be a... T- I'll, I'll, I can't imagine. That's, I've never I, I've never owned a dog for that very reason. Any of all you who lost it. a dog, like, I mean... Dude, brutal. I know people whose whole family just goes dark for, like, five days. It just... They're like, we're not even getting out of bed. The only thing close to that is, like, dog medical bills... The great Deuce Mason, who uh, was the original producer of our morning show, I looked at his his uh, Twitter feed today, and his dog is in rehab on a treadmill with somebody helping his hind legs, and I'm like... That's a $1,000 an hour. At least. Ah, at least. unbelievable. Get your pet insurance. That's my only PSA. Get your pet insurance. My last cat, the vet, he, he was sick. And uh, shout out Furby, rest in peace. And the vet goes... It's going to be $4,500. Furby needs a blood transfusion. I said, that's going to be the end. That's going to be the no for me, cat. And I said, what do you have? What do you have? That's a no for me, cat. I said, oh, you get me. I said, number four. what do you have around $1,700? What else you got? Seriously. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, oh, dude. Penny, Penny surgery was twice that, dude. It was twice that. But, so but they I got, got me out for seventeen hundred, and the cat. <laughs> but nine weeks later, the cat passed away, and it was like seventeen hundred bucks for I nine hate, weeks. I hate the visual that if you and I were standing there with the bat oh, together, dude, and they're like, "That's going to be forty five hundred dollars." You and I would have started laughing at each other immediately without even saying the line. Dude, that's gonna be a no from me, cat. <laughs> and the vet's like, "Well, we can oh, take out the, the transfusion, and we can we can limit the liver treatments, and this and that." I'm like, "Keep it coming, you know." How about you slap two band aids on her paw, and we call it good, oh, Furby. Oh, Rest God. in peace. Oh, I'm sorry, that some, got me. Needed some digital deals there for Seriously. your cat. And keep it coming down. Oh my God! All right. Um, is uh, James and Hayward ready uh, to rock? What's up, James? What are you doing? 
Hey guys, thanks for uh, taking my call. Just uh, battling through uh, traffic right now. Yeah, that's what you do at this time. Man. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So, um, right. well, I appreciate the therapy too. So, you know, I, I, I watched the game, got in through my uh, stages of grief here as a 49ers fan. So I'm actually at acceptance already. So kind of thinking that really... Mahomes, man, it's really an unstoppable force. Um, during that overtime, I know just being a 49ers fan, there's always doubt. But I don't think anyone doubted that he's going to be able to score a field goal or a touchdown during that overtime. It, it didn't seem like it. So um, I, I think we could have made it like a Tampa Bay, Kansas City Super Bowl where Mahomes wasn't really... Uh, functioning properly and then the the bucks just kept scoring but we, we didn't have it in us so that's that's where we were um james yeah i you know what it's it's interesting They're, you're not wrong um but i don't think that patrick mahomes is unbeatable i just think you need to play really well you need to play really well and then you're going to be here's the thing that's true about the 49ers in this game they had no less than, I think, at least four or five plays where you're staring at it and you're like, if we make this play, we, we, right. we're, we're going to win the game. Um, we haven't even brought this play up very much. But when you come out of the two-minute warning and you've got third and four, Chiefs ran a great blitz, and they were able to knock the ball down. Um, if you convert that four yards, you got a ring. Most likely, yeah. You got to You bleed the clock. You, you get your three. The game's gonna be over. There's Pretty gonna, much. There's gonna be about you know. They whatever. had two timeouts, but had two timeouts. You're gonna be able to whittle that thing down to under a minute, at, right? At minimum, probably under forty seconds. Uh, yeah, if well, you under, run it well twice under a minute, and, yeah. And, and, and with no timeouts, you know that that becomes very very difficult. And if yeah. you had gotten another first down, you could take that thing down to three seconds and and uh, and and end the game right there. So I mean. Like, gosh, there. I think that that is, in a way, all you can ask for when you're going up against Patrick Mahomes. Is like, do we have three, four, five opportunities to go out here and win this game? And and then you got to execute one of them. That's it. And that's what's so frustrating about this. Is third that, and five and a third and four, and mm-hmm. then on the other side they had a third and six that they converted. You went zero blitz, and then the fourth and one they converted and. There was a bunch of those little plays, like you're saying, that just you couldn't you couldn't win the play. Uh, we got a rock in like uh, in like 45 seconds, but Rich and Fremont, real quick, Rich, real quick, what do you got? I just think at the end of the day, everybody needs to get off the Shanahan and realize that at the end of the day, this is this is the Super Bowl loss hangover. You know, on that third on that third and four, I don't know why did he just run a jet sweep to McCaffrey. That would have been the simplest play to run. They know it well, and it probably would have got him five yards in Denmore because we know that Caffrey can, can bring some yak when he runs. So that would have been a smarter play for me. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Rich, it's, it's not that I disagree, but, but the play that was run, the play that was run, <laughs> if Burford just doesn't leave, Man. they score a touchdown. Spencer! With two wide-open receivers in the end zone. Two of them. Yeah. Take your pick. So they win. They well, I don't know if they win, but I mean, they they're up by seven in overtime, right? If uh, if if that block, well, is, then it comes down to the two point conversion. If Mahomes goes for a touchdown, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, you want to do it again tomorrow? I do. Yeah. All right, all Jorge Soler tomorrow. No, but uh, the Clippers will be in town. No Kawhi. What's coming up in the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises, and it's none other than the great Warriors Roundtable. Warriors talk for an hour. Kevin Danos. Rain dance. Gary St. Jean. Hello, fellas. Are coming up next for Dibs, for Grandy, for Lucas. I'm Mark. Shoot your shots. All you got. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 